Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt. Hello again, and yes, we're cutting it short again. Me and Carl Guevara, who <laughs> has a beret on because he thinks he's leading a little rebellion that'll mean something. I'll just give him an animal cracker and pat him on the head and call him a good boy. <laughs> well, you could also call me Viva Max. No, if I called you Viva, it'd be Viva Pendejo, but let's not get into that. <laughs> what? But yeah, Bog Talk has been... Fucked. <laughs> but yeah, it's been fucked worse than Carl at a night at the meat rack. <laughs> but because of that, we were going to do a whole show on freaking, but... Everyone else has done it. And what do you think about what do you think now that it's really settled with the fans, the big five? Well, okay, you talk about the big five. Okay, it's got to be, you know, the Exorcist, the French Connection. Uh, And then from there you can argue. No, it's uh, cruising uh, and... To live and die in L.A. Of course. I love, it's, you know. It's how much sort I love. of great and sad. Today, Carl can put the flag down to rest. <laughs> That's always a good day, and it's a sad day, because you always remember running with the flag for, flag for a certain film. Oh, yeah. Which I did for that. You know, you know the other one, of course, you're talking the top five. I think you got to throw in oh. Sorcerer, too. Yeah, Sorcerer. Because that's been pretty much all the ones that been on the net. It's like, oh, God, they're all so good. So I think Freaking. that brings up the question. I think that brings what? up the question, what films do we think are underrated by William Friedkin? And I'll let you go I've on this I've only one. got one, and that's... 1989's Barry, 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 Barry. Let Barry's continue for the next five to ten minutes. Hard to see Rampage. Damn good film. Which, it's great, but the problem with it is it's a double deuce to the justice system. And how fucked up it is with the way they treat serial killers and treat the mentally ill. Yeah, it's uh, it it's got a well known bite. No, because uh, DEG went out of business and they sold it and up to MGM and MGM released it pretty much straight to fucking VHS. You know how they they would advertise a film one week in New York. One week in LA. And mostly it was Bollywood. This was literal. (laughs) It was literal. One 
freaking know, week. Another thing that I think played against this film is there were no stars. I mean, Michael Bean is is by far the biggest name, but he wasn't a he he wasn't a draw. I mean, you got Deborah Van Valkenburg, which was in a lot of uh, Walter Hill films, yeah. but she was always a supporting character. Well, this is <laughs> always this is the kind of movie that didn't need a big draw, because people would go to the big draws point of view. And mm-hmm. looking in and looking at the defense and the prosecution, going, "Fuck you! You're 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 full of shit. I hate you." Then he looks over to the other side and says, "Oh, by the way, fuck you! I hate I hate your point of view, and you suck." Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Agreed. It's a damn good film, and and it's certainly I think it's most unknown and underrated film. Yeah. Um, now, for me, I, I do have to mention Bug, but but I talked about that over we're, on, on we're, our. Uh, we're going. Yeah. Who cares? We're going to pimp that out right now. Uh, okay. Two friends of mine and work acquaintances of Carl, mm-hmm. Tony, Tony Strauss. Strauss. The only person I know that takes chemo that took chemotherapy and didn't lose a fucking ounce of hair. How <laughs> the fuck did he do actually. that? Yeah, he grew some. He had <laughs> how many people you know on uh, chemotherapy had to get legit haircuts? That's badass. And Troy Howard, uh are the two commentators. For uh, William Friedkin's Bug Release Room, I forget where, what label, but just look up Bug, William Friedkin's Bug, and the Blu-ray comes out. And it's being released in October. Yeah, in October. And for some reason, if you look up Friedkin's best and most interesting films, you're going to see adapted from a play by him. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You got the boys in the band, uh, a bug. You've got the birthday party. Yeah, the birthday party. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Killer Joe, too, was also a play. Thank yeah. Which ruined Kentucky Fried Chicken for a whole generation, but a bump. <laughs> for every generation that's ever seen that movie. <laughs> the only one thing I can say about that movie, Matthew McConaughey enjoyed his work a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think the one I do want to mention, because I really do like it, even though... The story is that uh, it was saved in editing without Friedkin. I love The Night They Raided Minsky's, which is one of his early films. Yeah. I forgot about that one, The Night They Raided Minsky's. I actually seen that on uh, TV. And another one that's really underrated is The Brink's Dog. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that, too. 
what's amazing is is that as absurd as the movie is, he didn't have to embellish anything. No. They actually did just walk into the motherfucking place. And they were actually, the criminals who did it were actually fucking shot. They were like, where are the guards? They're waiting for us, aren't they? Wait, they're not here. <laughs> I'm shit. Let's go. Yeah, what the fuck? And then they just took the money and walked out. Uh... Yeah, it's it, 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 that one also has one of Peter Falk's best roles. He's really yeah. good in that. So, you know, when we talk about Friedkin, there's so much more to find out and, and to look. And if you haven't seen a film by him and his name is attached as director, it's well worth watching, period. Uh, we might prove me- that wrong tonight, Carl. But we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> but yep. to go back to 1968, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if you love Friedkin and you want to go on an extensive overview of his over, don't Okay, we lost you for a second. I said, don't watch good. Good times. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. But But that was his first film. Rest in peace to Crazy Crazy Bill, who earned that title good. He's the guy that had the 70s attitude and the the middle fingers that go with it. He certainly did. No question. And now we got to go on to 1983 and make sure, like I said, go see Bugs. Bug when and, it comes and, out. And when the Blu-ray comes the out with commentary. our commentary of uh, Go By, and the commentary again is by Troy um, Howard and Tony Strauss. So there you go. Yeah, and to start with, I got to take a back seat to this because Carl's like, hold my beer. And that (laughs) is a movie that barely released. This is another one that I would put as in the escaped file. Mm -hmm. And that is Robert Altman Streamer's Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, call caper. So, Steamers is adapted from a play by David Robb, and I actually saw that on on uh, on stage. Uh, this was also the period where he was basically exiled from Hollywood. And so, basically, he made this with, with a lot of actors that weren't well-known, paid for it himself, I think the uh, the, the total. Uh, uh, let's take a look here. Ah, yes, the uh, budget was less than three hundred thousand uh, dollars. Best known uh, people in it would be Matthew Modine and uh, uh, David Allen Greer. Uh, and there was also another actor by the name of Mitchell Lichtenstein, who later became a director and gave us Teeth, 
in the 2000s. Uh, it's basically about a barracks uh, in the U.S., uh, Army barracks, where uh, it's, it's mixed race, and so there's a lot of racial tension. And then during the play and film, you find out that one of the, um, one of the um, soldiers is gay and what that brings to the party. It is a brutal film. It is very, very much staged, but as Altman always does in his staged films, makes it extremely cinematic. Uh, and uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous film, and I recommend it highly. And you're absolutely and right. Uh, put it up there with the top Vietnam films that come out in the 80s. Oh yeah, like uh, eighty-four Charlie Mopic, the first hour of Full Metal Jacket, Go Tell the Spartans, The Boys from Company C. Mm-hmm. Oh, Agreed. The Fire Blaze Gloria. Mm-hmm. Really good film, and, and uh, that's all I gotta say. It was it did escape. I happen to see it on HBO. Uh, but uh, over the years, it's gotten a, a real good, uh, I won't say a cult following, but a, uh, a cinephile following because of Altman. And uh, it's well worth seeing. And a so that, gay following, too. Yes, absolutely. You've got to do that one of these days for Pride Month. We've uh, talked, we talked about nightmares and heat and dust, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Okay, next is, well, you remember Return of the Ninja. We have its sequel, for better or for worse, Revenge of the Ninja. Which was, it's just beautiful Shosha Kasugi Ninja Trash. The best Absolutely. Japanese movie directed by Sam Furstenberg. And also co-starring uh, shows a son, Kane Kosugi. Yeah, Professor Toro Tanaka, which it aided if you needed a big-ass, scary-looking Japanese guy. Hey, so you get, got... get Toro Tanaka. Yeah. If you like your martial arts cheesy, but not cheesy on the level of uh, Godfrey Ho, Revenge of the Ninja will feel it. Mm-hmm. And we're no, rushing I... now because this next film, we need to give it love. I mean, Michael Laughlin, director, every his first film... Well, the Strange. sort of follow-up, Strange Kids, has a hell of a no, it was, following. It was Strange Behavior. Strange Behavior. Strange Behavior or Strange Kids, either or. But right. the point is that they have a, it has a very strong cult following. And his follow-up, which is sort of a sequel, thematic sequel, uh, let, let's see. Here's the thing. Bill Condon, 
screenplay, Paula Matt, Nancy Allen, Louise Fletcher, Wallace Shawn, Fiona Lewis, uh, June Lockhart. And even Mark Goddard, both from uh, uh, Lost in Space. Yeah, and Bobby Pickett. How would you know Bobby Pickett, Carl? Monster Mash. Do the Monster Mash. And how would a movie with that kind of cast, and it's just so much 50s sci-fi fun. Why would this, why was this movie just shunk, 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 boom, boom, <laughs> buried? I don't know, but it was definitely buried. Um, and I have to also... Uh, mentioned that it's very, very much a nod to a, a specific 50s film. I married a, uh alien from outer space. Outer space, yeah. Except that it's a role reversal. Yeah, exactly. But it is fun, it is scary, and of all of the lo- little films that we talked about this month, this is the one you need to really track down and see. You know, the thing, the thing about this film is a lot of people didn't understand the, the uh, you know, how it was set up and the pacing and, and just that it was really taking a very, very uh, satiric but, but loving, you know, viewpoint of the 50s films. And people didn't, I don't think a lot of people got that. I remember having arguments about this film when I first saw it with people that yeah. I knew. But I loved it. I loved this film. Absolutely. And also, on September 16th, hey, Carl, let's go see the Fred Williamson, uh, Will, uh, Joe Spinell, Caroline Lee, Woody Sprove Street's uh, Steve James movie, Steve James Frank Pesci movie. Uh, you forgot somebody. I know, only if it stars Robert Forster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this was God, really a we late... love this film. And yeah. Boy, is it brutal. Is oh, God, brutal yeah. Film. This is a late entry into the Vigilante State. Because after Death Wish from about 79 to about... Well, 80, when Vigilante came out, 83, you'd seen a shitload of them. But yeah, Steve James, Joe Spinell, William Lustig directing. God, this movie is so good. And mean, too. Oh, I love so the switch, mean. however, that the Vigilantes led by Fred Williamson, who are acting all badass at the end, at the pivotal point in the movie, like, what are we going to do? Who's the girl now? Who's the girl now? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Robert Forster, who had, by this point in the movie, he had been through hell and back, just pulls out a gun. Blam! Shoots her in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> well, you know, I gotta say I love Robert Forster. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that. 
but this is one of his best roles, and it is, he's scary as fuck at the end of this movie. You do not want to yeah. fuck with this man. And on September 23rd is a good day. Uh, it has the movies at horrible flop, but the soundtrack was successful, and it did pretty good on VHS. And that is Eddie and musical movie. Eddie and the Yeah, as a musical movie, it's shit, right? It's it's okay at best. As a mystery, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And let's but not forget, we got Del Pantoliano in it, too. Yeah. He always makes things better. This movie was such a success at the record stores and the, v- and the VHS racks that a sequel came out in the early 90s. And next we have a movie that deals with the horrible conditions upon most campuses. This is an intelligent, smart film. Wouldn't you say, Carl? Oh, God. Oh. You're making my fucking head hurt. Okay. Bastard! Bastard! <laughs> what an awful film. I'm sorry. I know people no, love this film, and we're talking fun, about... it's trash. Oh, and I don't plus, think it's fun I at all. Got one of my best... No, I wouldn't have got my best thing in the documentary. It's, we're talking about Juan Paquir Simons. May he rest in peace. I love you, Juan. Pieces. <laughs> and he's showing the pictures of the puzzle uh, to his son. He's like, you know why I took pictures of girls like this? My boy, no, Dad, why? I like big kids. <laughs> oh, it's such an awful fucking film. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't really? anyone and who likes this movie. Do... Yes. You know why we like this movie? Because we didn't want to see the movie that our parents seen that came out the same goddamn week. Yeah, we did want to see The Big Chill, absolutely. Yeah, The Big Chill. The start of the yuppie-fication of the New York. Well, the yuppie-fication of the movies. Mm -hmm. It's actually got a good soundtrack. Got to give it that. Oh, God, it's got a great oldie soundtrack, but the movie itself is just a whole bunch of... Yuppies whining, going around whining about yuppies. Yeah, whining yuppies going. We're middle aged now. Mm-hmm. Well, the next, only good thing about it is you see, make Tilly uh, almost naked. Yeah. Well, there's other films you can see her naked, so you can just skip the big chill period. Exactly. And you get to see Kevin Costner He's killed himself. His Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, my friend. Well, because I think it's... Shut the fuck up with this technical shit. You ain't supposed to... Yeah. Next, 
We know. Movie. What interesting sci-fi movie if it didn't have the baggage it had? Oh, God. Well, this is the movie, Bull. of course, that Natalie Wood passed away. Is this Doug away. Trumbull's second film? Yes, this is Trumbull's second film. After, uh... Silent Running. Silent Running, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Louise Fetcher, Cliff Robinson, this had a great idea. And from what everyone has said, from Trumbull down to all the actors, it had a great ending. Something happened, which I don't want to get into because that would take a half hour. Mm -hmm. They didn't have an ending to the movie. Because somebody had passed away. Let's just, you know, at least say that. Natalie Wood had passed away. And it's a shame because the the special effects in the film are absolutely fabulous. And and it's one of the first films. It's one of the first films that uh, uh, dealt with VR too, virtual reality. Yeah, and I got. And I can honestly say the same about Silent Running, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Purdy. No one. Well, you've never been a big fan of that, of Silent Running. Now that I know you directed Brainstorm, it goes from me Brainstorm. mocking it to it being a theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. And unfortunately, because of the accident, this basically stopped him being a director, too. He went back to doing special effects. And next, well, I'm 83, our real first taste of uh, TV, which was one of the best comedy shows ever. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is the second movie to be released with these guys here in America. I'll give you a quarter once I name them if you can remember the first. John Candy, Joe Flaherty, Eugene Levy. What was the first movie released in America that they worked on? Um, Hannibal Girls. And... That was Eugene Levy, Levy and the girl. Heavy Whoa, this, metal. This. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Candy played like two or three roles. Joe Flaherty and Eugene Levy were the two stoners. Mm-hmm. Two stoner aliens. And plus, okay. before that, John Candy and Eugene Levy... And Flaherty were in Tarzoon. Their voices were in Tarzoon, Shame of the Jungle. The Jungle, Shame of the Jungle. Yeah. Also, Belushi was in that. Yeah. And people, haven't you noticed we haven't talked about going berserk? You want to know why? That's all we have to say about it. (laughs) I don't even remember the movie. Yeah. And next is John McKenzie's The Honorary Consul with 
Michael Caine, Richard Gere, Bob Hoskins. This is a rarity. A movie where Bob Hoskins doesn't make it good. Well, you know, the funny thing is John McKenzie uh, is the director of one of your favorite British gangster movies. Yeah, The Long Good Friday. Yeah. I don't know this film at all, so I can't say one word about it. It's just, well, basically, Michael Caine and Richard Gere spend their time fucking Olympia Carraro, and then there's a revolution, and they have to stop fucking uh, Olympia Carraro to try not to get killed. And (laughs) next is Carl's favorite movie of 1983. And a tear <laughs> went down his eye when it won... Razzie's, uh, Yeah, No, when it won the Golden Globe for Best Actress. <laughs> it also and won that, a shitload of Razzie's. Yeah, and that is the one, the only, the lonely lady with Pia Zadora. The only thing that is well known from for nowadays is that Ray Liotta rapes Pia's door with a water hose. <laughs> yeah. And if that's what your movie is known for, well, oh my God, no! <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Oh, now you know how I feel about Gotti. <laughs> and our guy from Gotti who wrote it. I lo- he was the one, he was the best of the late era Hammer directors. What the hell? And we're yep. going, and now we're into October the 7th, which has a shitty movie, an okay movie, and an interesting movie that's pretty much gotten lost. Mm-hmm. The okay, so which one shit. do you want to start with? We'll go with the shitty movie to get out of the way. Author Hiller, okay. Mary Stringbergen, Dudley Moore in his romantic lead phase, in romantic comedy. There's not a funny got dang thing about it. Not even Rob, Rob, uh, Ron Liebman can, can save this one. Yeah. Not even close. And by interesting, it's the Bond film. That's not a Bond film. How can a, mm-hmm. Carl, how can a Bond Bond film? Because it wasn't uh it wasn't produced by the broccolis. It was produced by the cauliflowers instead. <laughs> had only they had the rights to Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's an okay Bond film. Uh, Connery is definitely too old for it at this point. Uh, and Bertie Casey actually makes this film a lot better, along with Edward Fox. And even Rowan Atkinson is in this, too. Isn't he like the third or fourth Felix Slider in the series? He's, uh, he's at least the third liar, Bernie Casey. 
Yeah. You know, and it, it's, yeah. it's 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 an okay bond. It's not, it's middle of the road. It's not great. It's not horrible. But Barbara Carrera makes a hell of a bond girl. Oh hell yeah. And Max Manzito and well Klaus Maria Bandar makes a good Bond villain, and Mike Manzito mm-hmm. is good too. But, no, he, he was second in command. Yeah. And the Equalizer is pretty good in it. Yes, he is. No, no, that's not the Equalizer. The Equalizer is Edward Woodward. This is Edward Fox. Oh, okay. Sorry. And next okay. one is a TV movie that did so good it got a few... <coughs> uh, Theatrical showings, and that is Tiger Town with Roy Scheider. No, 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 you forgot one. You forgot one. What? Never Cry Wolf. Never Cry Wolf. Oh, God, yeah, the good one, Never Cry Wolf. It's a weird movie, but that's what makes it good. It's about a guy played by... (coughs) Sorry, I just took my medicine, and it gives me a case of cough sometimes. But Never Cry Wolf is a good is about Bob Balbin living with a pack of wolves and Disney not knowing how to sell the movie. Mm-hmm. I wish the guys who had wrote the text for the Holy Mountain would have rent the, written the text for Never Cry Wolf. Well, you know who did write it is Curtis Hansen. I'm talking about just the trailer blurb. Oh, okay. Never before have you seen a man man and animal movie like this. Raw, true, because it actually happened. And actually, but then again, this, a... is, this is the same year we got Iceman, another intelligent sci-fi slash ice movie that... When we get to that, I'll, I'm going on that one. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but this next... is directed by Carol Ballard. It starred Charles yeah. Martin Smith, and it's it's really good. It's good. It's solid, and 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 it also has uh, Brian Dennehy, who I just adore. That man. So there yeah. we go. Basically, another thing that weirded out. Uh, Disney is that the only real human characters in this movie are Brian Dennehy and Bob Balden. Balbin. No, no, no. Charles Martin Smith, not Bob Balaban. Oh, Charles Martin Smith. Mm-hmm. My bad, but still. Yeah, Toad, basically Toad from two. American Graffiti. Yeah. yeah. And next stars Craig T. Nelson, Leah Thompson... Charles Kedit and Tom Cruise's Wang. And Cliff Ben, by the way. Yeah. In one of the most meh high school football films there is. It's meh. See, I disagree with you on this. I really like this film. I really like this film. I think it's one of Cruise's best early. Tell them why. Tell them no, why. Absolutely. Where was it Pennsylvania filmed? Pennsylvania football. Pennsylvania Thank football. Thank you. 
Sorry, I was in PA. I know what that's like. I went to I high know. school in PA. It's fucking insane. I know, brother. But like I said, <laughs> when you get too personal in the business, you get blind to the facts and you cannot see the truth. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one, which we agree with. What do you do when you t- have a project that you worked on for about a decade and include some of your trippiest and most personal philosophies and images in it and it just falls to pieces because Universal didn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. So what do you do, Carl? You cry? And then you say, let's see if I can take someone else's work, which is a Stephen King book, and adapt it. And if I can't do this, I will quit filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And we have David Cronenberg's first mainstream hit. Right, Carl? Yep. Agreed. And a great fucking movie that gave us so many jokes on Donald Trump. <laughs> Well, you know, we're talking about the Dead Zone, Dead okay, Zone. which of yeah, course is is um, adapted by the Stephen King novel. Uh, Christopher Walken is just fantastic, but the the, the supporting cast is just amazing. Uh, every time I wait, just every time I say a name here, just say is fantastic, okay? Christopher okay, Walken, Christopher is Walken, fantastic. Brooke Adams it is fantastic. Tom Skerritt is fantastic. Herbert Lom is fantastic. Colleen Dewhurst. You forgot somebody, but is fantastic. Anthony, oh, Anthony Zierby, yeah, is, is fantastic. fantastic. Martin Sheen is godlike. Scary as a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he is Greg Stilson. When I first seen the, you know, what was that TV series where he played president? Uh, West Wing. The West Wing. The first thing that I said was, holy shit, they elected fucking uh, Greg Stills for president. Well, well, you know what? I hate to say this for for some of our perhaps more conservative political people out there, but when Trump was elected, that's exactly what I said. They elected Greg Stilson. Yeah. And the dead zone on October 21st. Ain't it funny that we've gone through 21 days of Halloween month and the only mm-hmm. horror film that could be labeled a horror film is the fucking dead zone. Yeah. The only other film that I can't bitch about this placement is all the right moves because this is the time when football's being played. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to get to Vicky's favorite film of 1983, right, Carl? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The right stuff. 
which when it was mm-hmm. released to theaters, they cut an hour out of it. Mm-hmm. And, once and it was we got still three hours X, long. Yeah. And once we got to see the full uncut version, we're like, wow, both versions are great. Charles Fink, Scott Glenn, Ed Harris, Lance Hendrickson, uh, Dennis Henry. Wade, Sam Shepard, Shepard, Fred Ward. Barbara uh, Hershey. Yeah, yeah, Barbara Hershey, Jeff Goldblum, Scott Wilson. Harry Shearer. Yeah, and a crapload more. That's how big and epic this love note to NASA was. There's no other way to describe it. One of the things about this film that I love is that they go back to the time frame and and, and pull out a lot of um, valid uh, uh, TV footage from that era. Uh, and, and you've got actual people like Chuck Yeager himself in this movie, Ed Sullivan. Um, guess who else is in this? David Gouyapil is in this. Yeah. Bill Dana. Yuri, but Yuri only you, uh, you only get to see David Gouyapil if you see the longer cut of the right stuff. Right, that's true. But it, it's but, a damn good movie. Yeah, it but really moving is. on. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thoughts about the right stuff because it is. Well, great. well, it's it's such a great movie, and anyone who has not seen it needs to. It's one of the best historical dramas ever, and it is dead on, and it is as as realistic and and and, and to the reality of the situation as it could be. And after Fantastic. the movie, you'll be saying to yourself, why didn't... Uh, oh. Why didn't who? Fred Ward become a bigger star after this movie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And next is a movie that I like. I, it's a good Essie Hinton adaption. But Rumble Fish is one of the artiest freaking film. It's maybe the artiest film of eighty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh and, I, I have one thing I have one thing to say before we go on from Rumble Fish is but, that it is the the first uh uh um soundtrack from Stuart Gordon. I mean, not Stuart Gordon. Stuart uh, Copeland. <laughs> I like Stuart Gordon better. <laughs> <laughs> but Stuart uh, yeah. Copeland was that was his first soundtrack that he did. Yeah. But next is how come they did this so many times? The closest they come to getting it right, this idea for Under Fire was. Uh, the day of living dangerously. Only there's, we got to treat it biblically. Before Salvador, which under fire is, and after Salvador. Right, exactly. 
I think it's because uh, Oliver Stone took the romance that the rest of the films had in it. Basically threw it down the toilet. Which is a good thing, if you ask me. Oh, I agree. I agree. And next, we have one of the sweetest movies that Michael Caine has ever done, and I liked it. It's a good, sweet little movie. Oh, I love this movie. Love this film. Educating Rita. Julie, yeah, Julie Waters and Michael Caine are just so great in it. And they're the only two real stars in the film. I mean, you will notice a lot well, of people Julie that Well, Julie Waters see. was a star because of this film. <laughs> right. What a it wonderful won, film. Yeah, it won the best film of the BAFTA Awards. Mm-hmm. Directed by but, Lewis Gilbert, who, if you don't know, did a lot of good films. Uh, but not a real well-known director, but this is his best film by far. Yeah. And next is The Wicked Lady, which is not as much fun as it should have been. Hmm. Uh, To me, it's a real misfire. Uh, Michael Winter was not the director for this film or the screenplay. He, he just he just pounds it way too much and doesn't play it light and airy. And it needs to be played light and airy. Personally, I think Faye Dunaway is, is miscast, too. Everybody else uh, is fucking great. Oh, God. Oh, we I are about to go through the Bataan Death March of Hell with three <laughs> films. Okay. We'll Let's go get through, through the it least quick. worst to the worst. No, we're going to go through at least worst to the worst. The least worst. Experience preferred but not essential. It's okay. It, 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 it's... Incredibly forgettable. Yeah. Okay. And for this movie, Carl wants to say, fuck you, Peter Regent, fuck you, Diane Lane, fuck you, Candy Cock, uh, fuck you, everyone is in this, and that is National Lampoon's Movie Madness. Mm. And even more, I want to say, fuck you, Henry Jaglum, who co-directed this. It is awful. Oh, no wonder and it's I'm... so boring and obtuse as Jaglum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God, guess who? Oh, my God, guess who's in it? I know. Mary Warnock, Dick Miller. No. Benson. No. Penny Youngman. Harry <laughs> Yeah. But, Carl, what do you do when you get a major director and one of the biggest comedy guys at the time, and they make a comedy without any fucking comedy in it? You cry. 
you want to shoot the director and, no the, and, and the screenwriter. Jokes. I love no? you, Rena William Friedkin, but there's no jokes. There's nothing funny in Deal of the Century. No. It's a satire without satire. And it's got a good cast, and it's just so mis- mishandled. It's so mishandled. Yeah. Um, not not good at all. Probably his worst film, with maybe the exception of The Guardian. Maybe. Okay, keep going. Where are we now? I'm trying to get where we are. Okay. We're at a reissue that Carl likes. Carl's like, oh, God, these movies all suck this week. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And there's a worse one out that I forgot about. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, thank you, God, they're reissuing from Russia with Love, the best of the Connery Bond Sean, films. Uh- Oh, absolutely. With with my favorite Bond villain slash girl, Lotlenia, and those killer boots. Wonderful. And don't forget film. the one and oh, only. How can uh, we? Come on. Robert Shaw and, and, yeah, and that huge fight in the train, man. Yeah. And why did they, re- after releasing the greatness of For Rush With Love, why did they release Moonraker? Uh, probably because of Richard Kyle. Uh, why is Disney's Running Brave with Robbie Benson a racist piece of shit? Um, because she plays an Indian, I think? Yeah. In horrible makeup. (laughs) It's just. It's almost see, as bad as Walt He's played Proud. a Hasidic Jew. He's played... Uh, well, uh-huh. he, he is a Jew, so that don't count. I know. <laughs> and he's played a Mexican. Yes. <laughs> and that's not the worst film. Out of all these films, that's not the worst film that came out this weekend. Nope. You would expect a movie with Rutger Howard, John Hurt. Ted Green Nelson, Dennis Hopper, Burt Lancaster, Chris Sarandon, Meg Foster, Heaven Shade, Shaver. All great fucking actors. And Sam Peckinpah, one of the best damn directors. We went in there expecting macho manly spy goodness. And what did we get? Yes, Human Weekend. <laughs> We got one of the most unintelligible just pieces of insanity garbage I've ever seen. Yeah, here he, here's, no fucking here, sense. here's Carl watching the movie. Why are these people doing that? Why? <laughs> yep. And I look That's at him it. and I say, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I don't know. <laughs> then we go to a film which is one of the uh, end of uh, 
end-of-life films because of the nuclear bomb, the last one, I think. Oh, God, this one, this one. These next two films we're going to talk about are fucking mean. And depressing as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, come on, geez, they can't be that bad. Depressing makes me fucking cry. There's no way about it. The pre- uh made me cry. I mean, seeing these people that you've grown to like during the first part of the movie slowly die away. And the only way that they show that they're dead is that she puts up their picture with like a with some kind of memorial on it. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's a it's it's probably the least known of the films. We're talking like the day after and threads, and where the wind blows. This one is called Testament, and it's directed by Lynn Littman. And you want to see this. It's 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 good. I think threads is is, is 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 a little more depressing than this, but they're both like neck and neck. <laughs> you well, want to destroy the Slap in the face. Threads is a kick in the nuts and a punch to the nose. Yeah. That's a and good way to play. The other way is Bob Fosse's last film, which isn't a fuck you to Eric Roberts' character. Who is he saying fuck you to in this movie? Star 80. Oh, I know. Someone named Hugh Hefner. And someone yep. named. Peter Bogdanovich. And he is not being nice to them. <laughs> not he by law. blames them for her murder. Where if you read the fact, it's true. By the way, guess who has a very small role in that? Who? Robert Picardo. Well, that's all he pretty much was throughout his career. He was great, but he was, hey, look at that guy. He definitely goes under the that guy care category. Well, well, you know, Thanks he also with, did a lot of work with, um, with uh, what's his name, um, uh, Gremlins, Joe Dante. He was part of Joe Dante's uh, um, repertory. Uh, yeah, but still, there's no way around it. He was always, I didn't say he was bad. I just said he's definitely in the, hey, that guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God, a happy, Yunka in the land of magic, an actual cheery. And I don't know shit about this movie. Sorry. No, I don't either. Moving on, Amityville 3D. Oh, God. Moving on. Oh, come on. You got to give Jackie Cog some sort of, like, love. Yeah, that's the, the being. That's the being. Martin Landau, Jose Ferrer, Dorothy Malone, Ruth Buzzy, Bill Osco. And- Bill fucking Osco, the guy who directed... The porno version of Alice in Wonderland. And don't forget it, Flash Gordon. Flash. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Yeah. 
But next on the 10th is two movies that I wish I would have seen in the movie theaters. First is uh, Bob Clark's... The reason that Bob Clark made Porky's is so that he could have the money to make this. An adaption of uh, Gene Shepard's play uh, story book. We can buy it for you wholesale, a Christmas story. It, it's a Christmas standard at this point. I mean, yeah. any time it gets near Christmas, it's on every fucking channel. I I think it's good. I think it's overrated. But I got to say, no, it's Karen not McGavin overrated. It's fucking great. It's overexposed. There's a big difference, okay. man. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. And I'll next that. is the only film by John Hughes I like, and one of the in the movies that Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Pearl, ripped the fuck off. Yep. And that is this one. You need to see this one. It's so good. It's Nathan Hayes with Tommy Lee Jones and Michael O'Keefe in the same roles that uh, Johnny Depp and uh, the elf from Lord of the Rings play. And trust me, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones is a hell of a lot better of a, in the role than Johnny Depp was. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And sadly, not too many people have seen it. Hell, the only place I know where to see the motherfucker is on Amazon streaming. Yep. It's a good film. It's a good film. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of those that we caught on HBO or VHS. Mm -hmm. And by the way, John Hughes did not direct that. He wrote uh, it. Uh, Ferdinand Fairfax directed that, but John Hughes yeah, he did wrote the it. screenplay. Yeah. yeah. And next is a movie that I know Carl went to see, A Night no, in I Heaven. No, I didn't. I don't nope. know any... Wait, shush. To be honest, I don't know anyone who went to see A Night in Heaven. Even though it had an early role from Andy Garcia, I don't know anyone who went to see this piece of shit. Well, you know, John Abelson directed it, okay? And he did Rocky. Everything after Rocky sucked. Everything before Rocky was at least interesting, if not great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an early John Abelson fan. And next so there, is a movie that Robert Hillsack dedicated to his mother and is just, well, the last five seconds of Sleepaway Camp. Why did they release Sleepaway Camp in November? I don't it wasn't get it. a hit, but why? And, that, and, P, and we loved, we watched uh, the Sleepaway Camp, but that wasn't the movie that scared the shit out of us that no. month. Nope. 
And that is Nicholas Myers, The Day After. A movie so depressing that ABC could not sell a commercial after the bomb hit. Yeah, the, the Testament came out right before this because they wanted to release Testament in, in New York and, and that before the day after came out. And, of course, it, it, it it's basically the same plot. Um, I think Testament is a much better movie than this. I think this Testament is overrated. Testament is a more personal film, intimate mm-hmm. film, than the day after. Right. The closest I could say that comes the day after is Panic in the Year Zero. And that's not a good thing to be compared to. <laughs> no, true. True. Oh, and number three on our list of, if you don't see this, we will hunt. Carl is not a violent person, are you, Carl? No, not at all. But if you don't see of unknown, of unknown origin. Me and Carl both will come to your house and punch you in the face. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You're going to tie them to the chair, and then I'm going to give them puns for at least 12 hours straight. No, we're going to punch them in the face because the movie is that good, and it was that it forgotten. George P. Cosmatos, it's the one where just me describing it makes it sound like a pun. Peter Walker okay, and a rat in a in a blood feud war, and it's a Vietnam uh, al- uh, analogy, allegory, or allegory. Yes, it, it so is good. phenomenal. It is phenomenal film, uh, and, and and it's just so good. And just so people know, George P. Cosmatos is uh, Panos Cosmatos. Father, he of course gave us uh, Beyond the Blue Rainbow and uh, and Mandy. Black. So Black and Mandy, oh. not Mandy. I said but Mandy. Let's give George Pace Camados his thing. He directed Sylvester Stallone in uh, the one he did with Kurt Russell, Tango and Cash. Good film. <laughs> and he directed one of the best. Loved Western ever. And I'll mm-hmm. underline that five times ever, and that is Tombstone. Yep. But Warner Brothers has decided to dump this straight on VHS and was shocked when word got out that it, it started to develop a small cult. So since then, they've done anything in their power to make sure that they were right about not really. Releasing it. Not happy. Fred Williamson directs. It's another one of his action films. But the cast is good. Fred Williamson, Nancy... John John Saxon. Saxon. Richard Roundtree. Roundtree. Ed Lauder. Derville Martin. Frank Some Spinell guy. Don't forget Bruce, Uncle Bruce Tony Glover. King, yeah, Tony King. Actually, with that it, cast, it makes me want to see the motherfucker. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's not great. 
Well, I'm not expecting great. I'm expecting just to see them. Okay, next is the Carl and the Magic Flute. Oh, the Smurfs and the Magic Flute. La, 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 la. <laughs> And speaking of, we have Sahara. And next we have an Oscar winner, which sadly is forgotten today, which it doesn't deserve because it's actually pretty goddamn decent. Mm -hmm. And that is The Dresser by Peter Yates. And I saw that in the theater, and I was just taken by this film. It is a great film. And Albert Penny stars in it, but the person who really, uh, and he was up for an Academy Award for Best Supporting. He won. Yeah, he won. Yeah, phenomenal. And and by the way, just so you know, the last episode of uh, Good Omens 2, um, Courtney's in it. Tom Courtney oh, plays cool. a major part in that. So he's still doing it, man, and he is a hell of an actor. And Michael Gout in that, too. Yeah. It's a great movie. You need to see it. It's this good. So is this next one with one of Keith's favorite directors acting in it. Yep. If you ask him, Keith Gordon, he said he watched what John Carpenter was doing all day and said, I won't do that. Mm-hmm. And that is Christine. Great movie, great just, soundtrack, and why the fuck are they releasing this in December? Yeah, seriously. And <laughs> may I just say... Absolutely great supporting cast, including Harry Dean Stanton, Robert Prosky, and Robert Blossom. Anytime you see Robert Blossom in there, watch it for whatever bit of Robert Blossom you got. Absolutely. Hell, that you want to is... see why we love Robert Blossom? Watch The Range. You will not be disappointed. And let me tell you something. I hate the movie Home Alone. Hate it, absolutely despise it. But there is a scene in there with Robert's Blossom. If I happen to see that scene, I will watch it because he's that good. And you would think that some of these other films that we've talked about is my worst of the year. Nope. You would be wrong, Sunshine. <laughs> and I'm going to get. And I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this. The worst film of 1983 has Oliver Stone writing the screenplay, Brian De Palma, director. And, yes, I'm going to go racist because it fits. It has a it has a WAP, a Jew, a Mick playing fucking Latin roles. Nope. How the hell did Scarface get a cult? 
just makes yeah. my head. Now, now I do have to say one good uh, thing about uh, this movie. Because we just lost an actor that we loved by the name of Mark Margulies. And he plays the silent uh, um, protector of Al Pacino. And he's fucking great in this movie. He's only in it for like 10 minutes. No, and he's the guy who uh, makes the bomb that he refuses to kill the kids with. Right. Right. The only real Cuban in this whole fucking movie is Stephen Bauer. Mm-hmm. This is so over the top and so, yeah. so, you know, I, uh, this is one of Pacino's worst roles because he's just, you know, and everybody loves it. You know, say hello to my little friend. You know what your little friend is? It is, isn't your fucking gun. It's what's in your pants. I hate this. Yeah, thing. after all the coke he did, you couldn't get hard if God tried to will it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and one thing. Thank you, Brian De Palma and Oliver Stone, for showing Mary Elizabeth Mastriantono's ass as much as you do. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And next is a movie directed by Clint Eastwood. And uh, who directed The Legend of Boggy Creek, Carl? Um, Charles Pierce, right? Charles B. Pierce. Pierce. Uh, co-wrote the screenplay uncredited with Joseph Simon. So I have to start liking this movie again. Because it was written by Charles B. Pierce. It's an okay. I saw this in the theater. It was okay. It's very misogynistic. (laughs) No, it's not. It's very testicleistic. Okay. Basically, the whole movie is uh, Clint Eastwood talking to a bulldog while Sandra Locks is going around shooting people's balls off. Mm-hmm. And she was right. <laughs> and the funniest thing about it is the guys at uh, Do You Feel Lucky Punk from the first film that he shoots yep. plays a cop that brings uh, uh, Harry Callahan, the auto mag, inside an impact. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of all the good films we had this year, this is the one that won Best Picture. I know a lot of mothers and daughters love this film to death. Larry McMurray, we were not the, the target audience, you and you. I. Yeah. Okay, we weren't the target audience. You know, uh, for terms of endearment. And do you think yeah. if anybody but Jack Nicholson played that role, they would have got the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor? Nope. Nope. And here come, and next is the only Jewish movie that even Carl won't defend. Actually, I will defend this for one reason. And it ain't Barbara Streisand. What? Mandy Patinkin. Well, that's a really story. 
know that story. There's like a whole people. Okay, let me get into it. There's a whole five-minute bit in the movie where they talk about how Mandy Patinkin has a humongous schmeckle. (laughs) And Mandy Patinkin has gone on record saying because of that scene, he has never had any trouble getting laid since that movie came (laughs) out. (laughs) True. Uh, It's actually the story is, is, the the, the screenplay, they they think of it as an original. That's an old, old story that goes way, way, way back. And basically, Barbara Streisand is someone who wants to study the Torah, and she's she's female, so she uh, she goes in drag as a man, man and, and goes to, to shul. And, I mean, that has been a story that's been within the Orthodox uh, liturgy for hundreds of years. So it's not new. Yeah. It's done okay. It's 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 okay. Not as good Next. as people, you know, remember it. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. Next is the film I would have voted as best picture of 1983 if I was on the Academy Board. Okay. And I would have given Cher the be- she did win best supporting actor. Yes, yeah, she did. And I would have yeah, given did. Craig T. Nelson best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. And Nora Ephron and Al and Alice Alden best screen. I'm sorry, Silkwood is the best film of 1983. Damn good film. Agreed. Uh, and it leaves a bitter, ugly taste in your mouth because it's based on a true story and it's over the way they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it gets nasty and brutal. It it it, it really really takes down uh, uh, corporate in this, and it and it's you know it's making a point, and and it's a good film. Todd film. It's been a while since I've seen it, to be honest. And but. yeah, let's be honest. This is the first movie we're like, wow, Cher can actually act. She can act her fucking ass off. See, I knew that already. What from? Because right from, uh, uh, well, there oh, was Matt. Jimmy Dean, but, Jimmy but, Dean. Exactly. That's where I was going. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Yep. And next is a movie I like, but Carl doesn't like, and that's DC Cab. No, that's Cab. not true. You, oh, don't, you, know like about, about, cool. you don't know this about. You don't know this, okay? I was actually at the New York premiere of this because. Who cares? I, what do you think well, of the film? Saying. Honestly. But uh, uh, Irene Cara was um, someone we had just uh, given a award to no as a playwright. Okay. There's a sign over on the corner. I'm going to read it to you. No name dropping allowed. Okay. Never only, mind. Okay. Only no. good criticism. Yeah, it's a okay. fun little movie. I mean, how can it not be fun with uh, Gary Busey, Max Gale, 
the one. Timothy Carey. Timothy Carey. Yeah. The Barbarian it's Brothers. Fun. It's fun. It's a fun film. Yeah, it's fun. It's more fun than it should have been. And next yeah. is a movie that the title come from Carl ordering uh, sandwiches in the deli. Yep. Ruben, also a Ruben. really good film. Really good film. I saw this in the theater, too. This is another movie about a white guy fucking a bunch of women and getting away with it. And by the way, Robert's Blossom has mm-hmm. a major role in this. One of the few where he has a real role. Yeah. And next is uh, a movie that... Well, I read this book in one freaking night. So to say I was pumped for the movie when it came out is an understatement. And as big as the book is, about 200 pages, that's saying something that I read it straight through in one night. Right, Carl? And it is so almost good. But we've well, always the been tantalized. Well, they've never released it. Yeah, they've never released been... it. Yeah. Explain what I just said. We have been tantalized through the years with a three-hour cut of this that supposedly is 200 times better than the one we got. It, it's so it, it's so cut up by the by by the uh, studio that you cannot even know what the fucking plot is. Characters come in yeah. and out of this that you don't even know who the fuck they are. Even the even the main character Scott Glenn in the three hour cut they call him the the Eternal Jew, but in the movie yeah. there's not one single word about it. Yeah. And next was, if you got to see this in its pre-release, God help you. This is another film that was sold as a kid's film, but when we went in, it was sort of like that scene from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where they rip your Hard out. Oh my God! To this day, yeah. this is this is top five depressing films of all time for me. Yeah, this is it the really top is. film depressing. Yeah, it's in my top five depressing films of all time too. And that is the Plague Dog, a story so depressing that the author of the book rewrote the ending and had a two-page apology for it. <laughs> and that was Douglas Adams, and he's the one who gave us Watership Down. This one wasn't released nearly as, as widely as Watership Down. So Watership Down is the one that all the kids from the 80s is, is, is like um, terrified of. But this one is even more brutal. I swear to God, I see the ending in this movie. I am... I am like jello in the corner, just shaking and crying. It is just basically you have the... two. Okay. I was just going to say you have two dogs that escape from from a uh, um, place where they're being uh, tortured and and and, uh, 
and uh, one of them may have a plague, and everybody's after them, and it is not, it's not pleasant. No. Yeah. And from these high-quality films that were almost perfect, we got to deal with the man who love man who love women. Uh... Burt Reynolds so miscast in this. Julie Andrews, who was the 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 wife of the director and screenplay Blank Edwards, misplaced in this. This is just this is yeah, just a this disaster. Is, it's it's a remake of a foreign film, which probably is a hell of a lot better. But Blake. Edwards forgot the one really rule. You cannot remake foreign comedies because what country A considers funny, country B wants. Everybody has their own sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And speaking of crappy remakes, Mel Brooks. And no, no, no. Alan... I like Is this it, movie. I like no, this movie a lot. The Jack Benny one's better, but it's still... Uh, it's no, no, like I it. agree. The Jack Benny is better, but I still like this film. I think Brooks and Bancroft are just really good together. And Charles Durning is also really good in this, too. Um, it's to be or not to be. It is a remake of the same title from the 40s. It's a uh, comedy... Uh, has to do with the Nazis and, and Jewish uh, uh, comedic performer, performers trying to escape. It's 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 not as good as the original, but it's it's fun. It really is. I like it. And the worst musical in 1983 goes to John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. If they don't fuck, the world's fucked. That's a lot of two of a kind. If they don't fuck, the world's fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, bad. Even with Scatman Crothers, it's bad. Yeah. But it has Oliver Reed as the devil, so I just like cool. that image in my head. I just wish he was in a better film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed. And next, to really wrap up the year, after A Seating of the Ghost is one of the most insane horror films you've ever seen, you need to see it. We don't know it, the Morocco sister, but we love us some Ted Kotcheff. We love us some Gene Hackman. We love us some Fred Ward, Red Band, Randall Tex Cobb, Patrick Swayze in the action film. Tamerson, Robert Yeah, yeah, you better mention Tim Tamerson. Of course. And that is Uncommon Valor. Which, you know, normally you would say, this movie is better than it has any rights to be. Then I would slap you in the head and say, look at the cast and director. Let me tell you something about the director. Ted Kotcheff, I think, has one of the best runs in the 70s and early 80s of any director, including people like like Scorsese and Coppola 
and, and um, William Friedkin. His his run during that time is just phenomenal. Great director. I love him. And, of course, you know, my favorite film of his is North Dallas 40. But, God damn, he he did some great shit during the 70s and the early yeah. 80s. He also well, did First Blood, too. And Uncommon Valor is a great, great non-action film. It's just good. Because of these actors, you got the Bang Bang and... You broke up a little bit, sir. And not only do you get the Bang Bang, you get too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was like the uh, a Blu-ray player, Carl. Mm-hmm. And that yep. is Good. Wake in Fright by Ted Kotcheff. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. a big hit, and it's good. And it's not the same bout bullshit pablum that Uh, we have here and there. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to go on to some more that were not noted. Uh, I'm getting there now. The first, so. Yeah. The first one that I want to mention is a very weird one called Americana, directed by Dayton, starring David Carradine. I didn't see this until much later during the VHS era, and uh, it is odd. Odd, (laughs) in a good way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's nothing else here in the A, so let's move on to the B. Maybe it's you. John Sayles film. Yeah, we already talked about that. So we talked about how uh, John Sayles really went crazy. Yep. Uh, yeah, Barefoot Jen. Don't know that one. It's another film. It's about. It's a story written by uh, a guy who was in Hiroshima with his mother and father living there when the bombs dropped. Okay. Yeah. Not it's hard to watch but great. And if you can get the comic the manga of it, it's great to read. And the Denmark version of Beauty and the Beast. Which I haven't seen okay. but I've heard of. No, I have not seen that either. And La Bestia e la F. Bata Magara, The Beast and the Magic Sword, the last film of Waldemir Danensky Werewolf Saga. Stars, Carl. Uh, um, oh, God, what's his name? Paul Nashi. Paul Nashi, yes. Yeah. And Better Late Than Never, which has David Niven and Art Carney. Fighting over the 
custody of their grandchildren, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And bloodbaths yep. at the house of he- death starring Kenny Everett, which sucks. Born in Flames, a documentary film by Lizzie Borden. Which I actually saw. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, since we're at the seas, I'm going to mention one that I watched Wait, at the theater. Get to the seas. Okay. First is Can She Bake a Cherry Pie? That's exactly uh, where I yeah. was going. Go ahead. Even though it's Henry okay, Jaglum. So directed by Henry Jaglum, who we talked about doing that awful uh, animal uh, national lampoon film. Uh, it stars Karen Black, and I love Karen Black. Um, and and it's an interesting. He he's very odd, uh, Jaglum. Um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense the the dialogue, but but you 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 get to know the character, and and she's just phenomenal in this. So yeah, can't keep Baker Terry Pie for Karen Black alone. You should watch it. There you go. I'm done. But warning that every film that Henry Jaglum directed is so obtuse that even the word obtuse goes, hey, don't tie me in with that motherfucking movie. <laughs> he was also a really good good uh, friend of uh, Orson Welles, too. That should yeah. tell you something. And uh, even he called Jaglum an obtuse ass. In uh, I forget <laughs> what movie. And we have, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, one we didn't mention. Cracking Up, directed by and starring Jerry Lewis. There's a reason we didn't mention it, because we don't need to mention it. Yeah. We could just pass it by. And next is a short film that was never released by Terry Gilliam called The Crimson... Permanent Assurance. Why did they not, why right. did Terry Gillian never release this film? Because it was released as part of The Meaning of Life. It was uh, the short film that he did at the beginning. I know. I was being stupid, people. Because I knew <laughs> to call, give Carl a chance to say it. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Dark Habits, Pedro Nadovar's first film. Okay, I got one. Le Dernier Combat. Le Dernier Combat. The Last Battle. The first film of Luc Besson. Luc Besson, yeah. The dragon that wasn't, or was he? I don't know, was he? I don't know. Let me pull a quarter. (laughs) Oh, my God, they didn't include this one in the most important art films of the fucking 80s in the main list. Okay. El Norte. I know. I know. I was just going to go there. Great film. That is a brutal, nasty little film about immigrants coming over to America from Mexico wanting... uh, American Dream, and all they get is a sore butt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Expose. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, 
And why did they not include this? Yes, the fourth man. That was one well, of the first Well, I saw that, that in New York, us, and boy, did that absolutely just blow me the fuck away. Became a big bull Fairhoven fan because of it. Yeah, oh, it's good. I ain't going to lie. It's good. But expect that you have to put some of the puzzle pieces together yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he gives you all the puzzle pieces. He just don't tell you how to put it together. Mm-hmm. Great film. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at F, and we can skip that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see uh, anything in G or H. Well, Gorky Park which is uh, a crappy movie, but another one of those where they took a pretty good mystery book and made a crappy movie out of it. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because it is Michael Apted, good director. Yeah, William Hurt, Lee Marvin. Just mm-hmm. it, it just seems like they took out the heart of the book. Right. I don't see anything in H. In H, yeah. Don't see anything in R. Independence Day. That's the one where Diane Weiss is an abused uh, woman who blows up a fucking house with her and her abusive husband in it. Yeah, I think that's Cliff the Young, is her her husband on that? Yeah. Don't see anything Uh, in J. No. We talked about the keep and the crow. Yeah, and the king and the comedy. Right. Uh, Local hero we talked about. Right, but Largent we did not, which is the only Brisson film I've ever watched and I fell asleep. (laughs) Oh, God, here's one that I could have gone without uh, two that they, three that they forgot. Uh, the Lord okay. of Discipline with David Keith, which is not that bad. No, that's not bad. Losing It, directed by which Curtis Hansing with Tommy. No, if you get Curtis Hansing, this is another. If you get the director's cut of it, it makes a lot more sense in a better movie. Cliché. Mm-hmm. But then it's Curtis Hanson. He's always falling to that curse. Yeah. And you're going to cuss me for mentioning this one. The movie where Alec Guinness plays the ghost of Sigmund Freud. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm getting ready the AK-47. How dare you mention lovesick? Oh, God. What was trying to make Dudley Moore a pretty good comedic sidekick into a fucking romantic lead? It's called Ten. That's why. Yeah. Uh. 
Did we mention the man with two brains? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But we did not mention Moon in the Gutter, which is done by, uh, the follow-up to Diva, which is done by Jean-Jacques Yeah, Spenet. we mentioned that. I hated it. You liked it. Oh, that's right. We did. Okay, never mind. We did. Hey, it's been three weeks. Give me a break. Arm, leg, make you watch yeah, uh, Night whatever. in Heaven. Now, I have not seen it, but it's a very important director. I do not know the film. But My Brother's Wedding by Charles Burnett. Do you know Do you know that film? No, but it's Charles Burnett, so anything of his is worth watching. I, at least that's once. exactly why we're mentioning it. Okay, I got one for you. And then what? Nostalgia. Got to got to give give Andrei Tarkovsky uh, some nods here. Not my favorite Tarkovsky, but it's damn good. Nothing in L N and O. Let's go to P and see what we got. They didn't mention Pauline at the beach or nope. Barlap. Barlap was great. And the Kevin Klein, Rex Smith version of the Pirates of Penzance. Do you know why that one was hard to see in the theaters? Uh, There was was a lawsuit on that. Yeah, they were pissed. Movie theaters were pissed off that they released it to cable before it hit theaters for a one-time showing. So they said, uh-huh. motherfucker, if you're going to do that, fuck you. Mm-hmm. One I do want to mention in P is The Plowman's Lunch. Yeah. Which is a damn good film. Jonathan Price, he's excellent in it. Uh... Oh, okay, Project we got A. one more. No, Project, we got to talk about Project A, the one with Jamie, the one with... Oh, uh, Jackie the, Chan, that, yeah. Yeah, it's Jackie Chan's Buster Keaton movie. With Sam Hung, too. Yeah. It's the one where he replicates a bunch of... Uh, Buster uh, Keaton. Buster Keaton stunts. And particularly the one with the house foundation that falls. Yeah. And him falling through the the window tarps. Right? Just back, 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 back. Doesn't he do the clock one too? The, uh, that's, yeah. That's, um, not, not, yeah. That's not a copy of the dubbed US version. Stunts are still there. It's still fun as hell. Project A one and two are fucking good. Yeah, agreed. Now what did you want to mention in R? Rock and roll. Oh god, yes, that is so good. (laughs) Yep. You know, one of the great animated films that nobody fucking knows. That's because Nevada won't let it be released. I know. I don't know. 
We've talked about that many, many times. Okay, I got one in S. What? Dan Soleil. Chris Marker. Uh, absolutely fantastic film. Um, he's the Ain't one who no gave us... Sunshine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he, he gave us... Um, what's the movie? Um, oh, fuck. No, I can't remember. But but he he's a phenomenal director. Uh, he's an... He's uh, an English um, uh, director that went to France, and just it's, it's fantastic. Need to see it. Uh, Stray Dogs, the Canadian, the South Korean film, which is a pretty good little action film. Right. So I'm seeing in, in that, let's see T here. Table for five. Table for five. No, no, no. I we think we covered the T's pretty tightly. Ha, 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 ha. And well, once again, we, if you can get the uncut version, uh... Twice Upon a Time is a is a funny little movie. Mm-hmm. Twice Upon a Time, yes. Okay, let's go into V. Nothing there. Oh, uh, yeah, Valley Girl. She's a Valley Girl. <laughs> Even though Again, it don't have the song, Valley Girl's one of those you go in expecting teen shit. And you get actual decent little romance. It, it, it's cute. It's cute. Basically, I think that's it. Uh, the wind and the will. No, that version of wind and the willow. Oh, The Winds of War, that's one of the longest TV miniseries ever. Mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh and the Day to Eeyore. No idea. By the way, I want everyone to know that the movie Zappa is not about Frank Zappa. Oh, here's another action classic, Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain. Absolutely. You know, anything with Sammo, come on. Sammo is just, like, fucking great. Okay, let's see what one is in the U.S. that year. Number one, of course, was... Number two was Terms of Endearment. Number three was Flashdance. Four is Trading Places. Okay, that one we seen in love. It's still good. Number six is Octopussy. We're not mentioning number five. Thank you. Oh, War Games, yeah. A movie that was so 
that dated before it even came out. Yeah. Number seven. So number eight. Staying alive. Number nine. God. Mr. Mom. <laughs> number ten. Risky business. Good film. I really like that film. Okay, we got war. The best picture at the U.S. Golden Globe drama was Turns of Vilment. Best musical or comedy was Yento. The Baptist choose indicating uh, educating Rita. You're going to agree with the Baptist more than anything else. Yep. Uh, educating Rita. The Academy Award winner was Turns of Endearment for Best Film and Best Director. Best mm-hmm. Director at the Golden Globes for Drama or Musical and Comedy is Barbara Streisand Prieto. <laughs> and who won the BAFTAs, Carl, for Best Director, which you agree Bill with? Bill Forsyth for Local Hero. Goddamn right. Yeah. Best Actor. Golden Globes. Tom Courtney, the dresser. My musical economy, Michael Caine, educating Rita, agreed. And mm-hmm. Baptist is Michael Caine, educating Rita, and Dustin Hoffman for Tootsie. Yeah, why didn't Tootsie get nominated for a fucking Oscar? I don't know. Dustin Hoffman, even though I don't like the movie now, Dustin Hoffman was fucking good in it. That was Bill fucking Murray. Yeah, he was great in it, too. The Academy Awards was Robert Percy's. Best Actress, Charlie McClain. Terms of Endearment. In the Golden Globes and Oscars. Was Julie Waters, Educating Rita. Best Supporting Actor, Academy Awards. Jack Nicholson, Terms of Endearment. And Baptist say was the Come best on. actor in Trading Places. Dan Home Elliot, fucking damn in. right. And the British agree with you. Mm-hmm. Best supporting actress, Golden Globe. What the fuck? How the hell did Cher win for best musical or comedy for Silkwood? They they put it together. When they do that, they they don't make that decision whether it's musical or comedy or drama. Just just the, best supporting actors. The BAFTA. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie. Trading Places. The Academy Awards, Linda Hunt, The War of Living Dangerously. That I agree with. Yeah, all all that of them. I I, I'm just like, okay, I can go home. You got me dead behind. <laughs> you know, you win, you win. Oh, shit. It's so nice when you can just do that, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Best screenplay, Turns of Endearment, Heat and Dust, Top 20 Comedy. Uh, the Oscars was a tie between Turns of Endearment 
And the best original screenplay was Horton Foot for Tender Mercy. I can see that. Best original score. Uh, Georgia Moore Marauder Flashdance. Uh, BFI, your your favorite score of the year, probably. Oh, without a fucking doubt. Ryushi Sakamoto, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. And the Oscar went to Bill Conti for... The Right Stuff. The Right Stuff. That's a good score. It's a good score. Not as good as Ryushi Sakamoto, but it's a good score. Best original song, Golden Globe. Flash dance. What a feeling when I poop my pants. And I do agree with the BAFTA choice for best original song. Fuck you, Carl. I know. I don't like it either. No, I love it. That's why I said fuck you, Carl. I know. I don't like it. That's why you're saying fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Go on. And it should have been Sakamoto, but that's beside the point. Best original song, not score, which Ryo Sakamoto won. And he, he, he had songs too in that too. So I know, but shut, don't don't be a greedy pig. Best original <laughs> song, okay. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. From film, the Golden Globes and the Oscars chose. And they're by Bergman. Mm-hmm. And whatever Dator is. No, Denton. Denton. Yeah. I, I got to remember that. Hold on. Uh, it's it's a uh, depicting the last weeks of short Danton, one of the leaders of the French Revolution. And it stars uh, Gerard Depardieu. And was directed by Andre Waska. There you go. So that's what Dan taught us. Okay, now to wrap this thing up with seven. What's your favorite film of 1982? The film that is underrated that you put on the most that people should see? Oh, God, you're making me think now. Um, I tell you, I tell you, one of the big ones for me is of an unknown origin, the one that people should see. That's just a hell of a great movie. Um, We're going to name the award after that. On after this, on the years, it's going to be the Avogin Award for film that you need to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we named the fucking award after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, best film? That's a good question. Um, there's so many good ones. your favorite? That doesn't you know mention what? Pittsburgh. Get crazy. Get crazy. Oh, cool. Get crazy. That's another one everyone should see, too. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick the best, it would be Silkwood. But if I pick my favorite... Just based on the viewing charts, it would be the movie that has a philosophy. Video drama. <laughs> oh, video drama is absolutely fantastic. 
And now for the worst. My hand is at me, fanboy. Come at me. Tony Montana is a fucking piece of shit, man. And he's always going to be a fucking piece of shit, man. And if you don't like that, you can go fuck a chicken, man. Well, you know what? In the same sort of uh, uh, attitude, you go with Scarface, I'm going to go with War Games. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> he does all of that shit that he does on home back then in '85. If we could run basic on a computer in '85, you're breaking up, man. You know why I'm breaking up? Cut. That's how storm. it sounded back in 1985. <laughs> so gotcha. he did all online. Yep. Anyone who laughed at war games. Oh, it's a horrible film. Horrible film. Yeah. So there you go. You got all our choices, man. But the least scene for me that people need to see, well, three least scene is the one. And the second would be Strange Invaders. So good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Agreed. And Nathan Hayes. Agreed. Agreed. I, I would probably, instead of Nathan Hayes, I'd put in Get Crazy. But, yeah. I agree with well, all that. Well, that one's on Nathan the Hayes. blue and quite a minor, yeah. quite a sizable little cult. Yeah, that's true. That's on Blu-ray, and of course, Dan Kramer did the uh, did the uh, commentary on that. None of ours. And so, Kramer gets Sidney J. Fury's uh, box set that he curated. That absolutely yeah. everything that Fury did. Action, romance. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, he has a great book on, on Sidney Fury, and his name is Daniel Kramer, and it's K R E M E R. So people, and and you can follow him on on Facebook. He has a very active Facebook page. He's a good man. He's been on uh, your show at least once, and then my show at least a couple times too. So. He's a good man. And, uh, in peace, William Freakin, and I hope you're still as grouchy as fucking ever up in heaven. I'd be disappointed if you weren't. Exactly. Exactly. For uh, Al Pacino on cruising is my quote about Al Pacino in Scarface. Fuck yep. him. Fuck Al Pacino and his ass. Is that enough <laughs> of an answer? <laughs> yep. And yep. Uh, next one we got to do is 
We haven't done 85, Carl. No, and we that haven't. Go, so we got to do that. that. That's going to be a real argument for between me and you. Oh, yeah. Well, that Which was... is the best of the Pittsburgh zombies? We okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know what I think of that film? Oh, I love that film. Next month on Criterion, I know I'm one day movie with you, Carl. Okay. It's uh, they've uploaded that another film that you like of the '80s completely ripped off. Come okay. Completely that. Heather's completely ripped off. Ooh, we talking massacre? That, yes. Oh fucking hell! Finish. The guy who You're wrote Heather's up, did. You're breaking up. Well, in this, it came out that the doers. Just tore off the front page. Well, I can't believe that's coming out on Criterion. Good God. It's coming on the Criterion channel. I'm not. We're doing it. There's no fucking way we're not doing that. Right. That's going to be my birthday movie because I'm waiting too long for this. The most political teenage fuck film ever made. Oh, it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant film. Yeah. Next year we do when we do a year is nineteen eighty five. And now you're back from the dungeon, Che. What in the rest of your little band of rebellion this week <laughs> got schedule. Okay, so so right now we've got uh, on Saturday I'm doing a music show. Uh, and it's the evolution of Stuart Copeland. And we're going to be going through everything that Stuart Copeland has done from his debut with uh, Curved Air through through all of his uh, stuff uh, with the police and what he's done afterwards, his operas, his uh, uh, incidental music, his uh, uh, African music that he's done. So we're doing all that. Uh, Sunday, uh, TC's got a show ready to go, another music show. But Monday, uh, we have a very, very special guest, Mark Manos. Uh He is an editor, but he's also known as a director. And he did one of the most bizarre, most audacious films of the 90s. The Hands and, of Fate? No, no, no. Liquid Dreams. Liquid Dreams. And he's also... The Hands of uh, Fate. We're going to do that joke. Trust me. Trust me. He already knows we're doing that joke. Because everybody does that joke with him. But yeah, Mark. Oh, Manos, then it's not funny anymore. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, he'll be uh, talking about that. And um, also, he was uh, a friend of the Irish singer that just passed away. Um, can't think of her name. Sinead O'Connor. So he'll be talking about Sinead also. So we're going to do that on Monday. That's what we have set over at uh, DB and Legion right now. 
Okay. And what we have, we don't know what we're going to do. It depends on if shit gets fucked up by either earlier. Let me explain. I have to take this medicine to help get rid of the, the, the ammonias in my body. And it's like drinking a shot of whiskey. You drink it real fast and... But, well, you keep you keep taking your medicine, my friend. Yeah. We want you what, as what, healthy as you can be, and we want you to keep yeah. podcasting. Yeah, what we are going to do is, what's that fancy French word, R-E-D-E-U-X? Redux. 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 We're going to do a redux of... Uh, Why? Because we've grown so much as critics since then. <laughs> well, you let me know when you want to do that, okay? And we'll get that done. Okay. And with that, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. And to sum it up, 1983 was here for VHS. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what do you well, mean by that, lot, Steve? Stephen. Yeah. The fans of uh, uh, Get Crazy, uh, Nate and Hayes, mm-hmm. uh, all BHS hits. Yep. And 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 I love every one of you who listens. I think Carl's intelligent, but I'm bumped. <laughs> Good night. All right, my friend. Good night. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Good night, sweetheart. It's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Sweetheart, well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart, well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, I really.